Today's scripture may seem like it doesn't need really any introduction. You've probably heard it before. But the one in Matthew that we're going to listen to in these next few minutes has been positioned by the entire writing of the book of Matthew in a particular way. Uh, We did a study of Matthew not long ago here in the church, and those who took the study were struck by the fact that Matthew portrays Jesus as coming into the world to take on a new kingdom, much like a a battle, a, a war, if you will, of tension between God's kingdom and breaking into this kingdom. And there's a lot of tension in Matthew, and there's a lot of struggle in Matthew. So maybe it's not surprising that when we get to the story of resurrection on this Easter morning from Matthew, it feels like there's really sort of an amazing final moment when the battle is won. In fact, ground is shaking because an old way is being blown apart, almost literally, and the new kingdom is entering. So I invite you to listen as we hear this ancient story being our story as we live today in the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. For he has been raised, as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then, go quickly and tell his disciples he's been raised from the dead, and indeed he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers that to go to Galilee, there they will see me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you join me in prayer? Today is not a day for weak prayers, Lord. It's not a day for wimpy faith at all. It's a day when we, in the midst of our complacency and routine and celebration and struggles with ordinary life, discover an imploding, an explosion, a transformation all at the same time into the middle of our experience for its resurrection day. And I pray that whatever words I may use or whatever thoughts we maybe have going on in our hearts and minds, whatever encounters we have with each other this morning, that we would leave this place with the conviction that we have a reason to leave and a place to go to. Because resurrection has happened, and it is our story to tell. 
In the name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. Corral Pedre is a Haitian who works in a radio station in Port-au-Prince, the capital city. And on January 12, 2010, he ran out of the station he was working at into the streets and describes what he saw. I saw a lot of people crying for help. A lot of buildings collapsed, a lot of car damage, a lot of people without help, people bleeding I saw a movie theater, a supermarket, a cyber cafe, an apartment building all collapsed. There was no electricity. All the phone networks were down. So there's no way that people could get in touch with their family and friends. And there were aftershocks every 15 to 20 minutes. And they lasted from three to five seconds. First shock was so strong. People were falling in the streets they stood upon. And buildings collapsed. The horror of the earthquake in 2010 was still evidenced by our work teams when we went down to Haiti several years following the earthquake. We could still see collapsed buildings and the displaced. Over 200,000 people died on that day and the subsequent days because of that earthquake, and hundreds of thousands more were made homeless. Earthquakes are terrifying to be in the middle of. Everything can seem so quiet and peaceful. And then suddenly you begin to lose your balance or you begin to see something swaying that should be standing still. And then suddenly, without any expectation or or ability to be prepared for, the whole of creation begins to shake underneath you and above you and around you. And if it's like 2010 in Haiti... It comes tumbling down around you and even upon you. All your possessions, everyone that you love, are beyond your ability to protect or care for. The only thing you can do in those moments is hope and pray and run. Run to any place to avoid being hit by debris, to avoid being buried alive. Even the places you run to are dangerous. Easter begins with an earthquake. The first one was actually felt a couple days ago on Good Friday. In the moment in which Jesus died, Matthew tells us in the 51st, chapter, or 51st verse of chapter 27 this, At the moment when Jesus died, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. As if Jesus' horrific death wasn't enough, the ground shook. And the people were scared for so many reasons that day. And the disciples hid in fear for themselves and what was going to happen, and maybe even the aftershocks that might come. And they showed, perhaps not surprisingly, their cowardice about the possibility they too might be killed. And they and his mother and his family wept, never-ending tears, and all the hopes that they had placed and the ordinary expectations of life were shattered, and they hid in the darkness in the corners 
in the hiding places in the city. And that was Friday. And all through the weekend, they had nothing to do but to remain terrified. What would be the ripple effects? What would be the aftershocks of the death of Jesus? His life was gone. Their hopes, their dreams, their belief about what the future was going to be were shattered. What were they going to do now and who might now be coming after them? And yet even as they hid, during an entire Sabbath rotation, at the dawn, women headed out to do what women did in that day, which was to take care of the family doing the things no one else would do. They carried to the place where they had buried Jesus what they needed to do to properly bury him. They had their arms full of things of death, spices to be able to anoint the body for eternal rest. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards shook and were frozen in fear. The shaking of the ground led to the shaking of the guards. Can you imagine? They were so terrified, they literally were frozen in place like dead men. I want you to not miss this understanding. The first ones in Matthew to be recorded as those who witnessed the resurrection were the guards. And what was their response? No hallelujahs, no brass quartets, no Christ the Lord is risen, They stood there terrified and could not even move. Earthquakes are terrible, frightening places to be, and when you start to think you see angels in the midst of it, oh my God. But while they stood there, buried in their fear in the aftershock of an earthquake, there were those who were pulled to safety. The women, they came. You've already heard the story portrayed and you've heard it read. The women come to bury Jesus instead, receive this full Easter sermon in four sentences. Don't you wish that was your journey today? (laughs) He's not here, for he has been raised. Come and see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples he's been raised from the dead, and indeed he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. That's it. That's the Easter proclamation they heard. Oh, they also had an empty tomb. That's the message we need to hear this morning. Like the women, we enter Easter carrying our very low expectations. My guess is there were some of us who came into this morning still thinking about things that happened in the last few days. 
that have your mind and hearts captured. My guess is some of us are beginning to think about what's happening this afternoon and this week and what's unfolding and what do I have yet to do and how's that going to get resolved and that's how we come into this Easter to put in our time as a placeholder between what was and what's going to be. We come here focused more on what we are carrying in rather than what is being offered And perhaps some of us come here today feeling like we're standing on shaky ground. It feels to me like the whole world is shaking. Pandemic threats, North Korea putting on a parade of intercontinental ballistic missiles, an aircraft carrier strike group going to the waters off North Korea. On Holy Week, on Holy Week, We dropped the largest non-nuclear bomb ever released in all the history of humanity. As if somehow we'll find peace by bombing the hell out of our enemies. Lethal gas is released on innocents in Syria. The ground is trembling, my friends. Can you feel it? Closer to home, we've lost the ability to have real communication with each other without spin or bias. We, we now believe the best way to communicate is to talk faster and louder because you don't want to have to listen to what the other person's saying. What's shaky in your life? What's less than perfectly certain to remain standing the way you expect it to be in the days to come? And the moments right before an earthquake can seem so peaceful, you and I know that. What earthquakes are coming, we can't see today. Easter begins in a world that starts shaking. Jesus' message was introduced into a world that was not necessarily looking for it or ready for it, but he came anyway. And he stirred things up a bit. He shook a few people up. He shook the status quo. That's how he got on the cross to begin with. But his life was a way of love, where we discover that God's most identifying characteristics are creativity and unconditional love. And even in the most broken moments of life, Jesus proved to us that the love of God is present, seeking to heal, restore, rebuild, redeem, and renew. He taught it and he lived it. And his invitation to his followers was extreme to the level it challenged the comfortable and, co- and, the, and asked for the comforted to be challenged. His life was so extreme that threatened those with power who believed his call would compromise their privilege. So they killed him. His followers ran. They hid. And in the moment of his greatest need, he was left alone to die. Well, he was almost alone. When they carried him off the cross, they could not hear it. As they pulled the stone tight to the entry place of the tomb, the tomb was so soft they missed it. And over the three days, their grief and their arrogance muffled the sound. But on the third day, the tomb could not be contained. The stone shook and the ground reverberated, and at the dawn's first light, it blew the doors off of grief and death and hopelessness, and the song of resurrection 
busted out of the tomb and poured across the countryside, and all who were willing to hear it were affected. The guards, most of all, were determined to keep death real, to keep the dead where they were supposed to be, but no more, no more. The Easter song breaks out today to say, you will not anymore be invested in the things of death as your primary focus. Death has no power here anymore. And as the women came to the tomb on an errand of death, they were met with an orchestration of heaven. He isn't dead. He ain't here. Man, have you not listened to him? He told you this was going to happen. And you come here this morning thinking it's just another morning, think it's just another burial, think it's just another proof that death ultimately wins. Well, guess what? He ain't here. And your days of trying to compromise what it is to live on shaky ground with weak faith is over. This world is going to continually try to keep you off balance. This world is going to continue to try to keep you reaching out to hold on to things that will never have lasting support for you. Today is not about death. It's not expecting a little to happen. It's about life like you could never imagine it before. Because today... You get to do more than breathe in and breathe out. Today you get to live. So take your new life and go. And they went. And it says, and I love this passage, they ran with fear and great joy. I am so glad they ran with fear and great joy because if they hadn't done that, I would tell you I could never really be a resurrection person. Because the truth is, this faith has continued to push me to places where I can't be comfortable. And God seems to have a way of saying, if you think you came here today to make sure your faith won't get you dusty, hear this. This faith starts in an earthquake, and I'm sending you into the earthquake zones around you. And they ran, (laughs) terrified. Wouldn't you be? Are you? Faithful people of God, have you been at all a little scared in the last year? Any of you felt ground shaking underneath you or foundations falling around you in the past year? We're called to live in the middle of earthquakes. And I know maybe this sermon would make more sense if we lived somewhere near a fault line. But the truth is, I think most of us have been living close enough to shaky foundations. We sort of understand what we're talking about, right? Man, in the last few weeks, I've been going out looking really close at the foundation being put down underneath the walls in that gym. Because I want to make sure when I do my slam dunk, nothing else is coming down. (laughs) When the ground shakes now, Because of today, 
we will remember where real power is found. It's not in the dirt. It's not in the falling walls. It is found in the power of the living Christ who makes the impossible possible and the ordinary sweeter and more precious. Power is found in the way of love, which tells us that intimacy and and love and holiness are all part of the way in which we're called to live and where the impossible is to be expected. What will tomorrow bring? I don't know. Maybe it'll be a calm day. Maybe. What if it isn't? Are you going to take your Easter heart out of here today and not only be willing to face when the shaking starts, but are you ready and willing to go to the places where there are people who need you because their ground is shaking and they need you to come find them, need you to come rescue them, need you to come stand and walk with them, and just need you sometimes to stand with them and help hold up the ceilings? Go. This faith as a faith of daring and risk. And man, if you think the Christian faith is boring, then take another look. Because the Christian faith calls us to go to the places where not only we will get dirty, but we will go to places we're not sure we're going to survive. Because Easter says, I'll be with you. What are you needing to risk? Where do you need to go? Man, if you need a place of risk, Stop by here a little more often. I'll show you what risk is. Right now, we're in the city of Pontiac as a congregation, walking alongside people who understand the day-to-day living of an earthquake, and we're going simply to stand with them in their earthquake and try to help find some way out to stop the ground from shaking quite so tough. And we're walking alongside people here in Clarkson every day from middle school, elementary, young adult, and older, who know what it is to live with shaky ground and just don't want to have to live it alone. We're called to be a people, an Easter people, who run into earthquakes and proclaim the good news. On that earthquake day in Haiti, Frank Thorpe, was about 100 miles outside of Port-au-Prince. He's a U.S. citizen working as an aid worker along with his wife, Jillian, who was still in the city. And as the earthquake began, Frank received a 10-second phone call from Jillian, hearing only enough for her to say, I'm trapped and buried beneath our house. And the phone line went dead. On a day when transportation and communication was not possible, Frank immediately left where he was and worked to make the 100 miles back to Port-au-Prince. And I'm not talking I-75. And of course, with devastation all around Port-au-Prince, nobody was looking for Jillian. But Frank knew the address. And he finally got to Port-au-Prince and went to where his house used to be, now looking more like a very rough parking lot. And he grabbed a friend who was running by and said, you've got to help me, Jillian's inside. And they began, brick by brick, taking bricks away from the pile in front of them and then breaking through the concrete that was a foot thick. 
Where would your heart be in that moment? When would you stop clawing at bricks? Finally, they got enough of the bricks away. He could hear Jillian's muffled voice saying these gentle words, Get me out of here. (laughs) And all he could see was a portion of her hand and arm. And they dug all the more. And eventually, were able to pull her out. Who needs you to go pull a brick for them? Are you ready? Do you have the energy in you right now to go the hundred miles that God needs you to go to, to be the person that's going to be the Easter person for others in the world? Are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you equipped? Are you filled? Do you understand he's not here? He's risen, and he's the one who's going to go with you. He's your strength. He's your force. He's your power, and he'll be the one to take you. Are you ready to go? Is there someone out there you know that you need to be the one to help unbury? Or maybe, maybe... You just have to be the one willing to lie with them in the rubble. That's what Easter is. Who needs you to quit holding love back from them? Who needs you to be the first one to offer forgiveness? Who is there in your life who just needs a simple invitation? Hey, you want to stop by and be invited into a family of faith. Who needs you to go dance with them? Because they haven't danced for so long. It's Easter. And the ground's shaky. And that's good news. Because the story ends this way, you heard it. When they left, when they ran with fear and joy, that's when they found Jesus. That's where they saw him. And that's when they fell at his feet. And in that moment, he said to them, Hey, y'all, I really wasn't back there. I'm right here in the middle of the shaky ground. And guess what I have to say to you? Don't be afraid. Ever again. No matter how much the ground may shake or the ceilings may tumble, you do not need to be afraid because it's Easter Sunday and I am with you. Go and be God's Easter people to a shaky world for it's Easter time of proclamation and you are the ones God is sending. Amen.